This is Roman Kings, Ian Quiet's Roman Queen remix by Quiet Etc. Welcome to another episode of Learning to Fly the Podcast. Today's episode, I have the wonderful Ian Quiet with me. Hello. And, <laughs> and um, we're going to be talking about all the things that make June the spectacular month it is, and especially this year's June that I truly feel is going to be in the history book someday. Um, so, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. And that being said... I am so excited to see where today takes us, and I'm so glad that you're here with us. Without further Thank you ado, for having me. I'm very grateful. For, without further ado, let the interview begin. All right, so the first question I want to ask is um, something that I've been getting from a lot of the people that have been listening, and they want your side of the story on how we met. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> we met at... Um, a benefit for the Center for Families. Uh, was it 2012? Yes. Yes, it was 2012. Okay. Um, and I was one of um, two musical artists um, doing massage music and healing music um, for the, uh, I guess, the massage room. Um, and... Uh, you were writing poetry, and 
we just kind of hit it off. And before I knew it, we were friends and um, we were sharing music and poetry with each other. And, you know, we've just stayed in touch all these years. I can't believe that much time has gone by. I haven't really stopped to think about it. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, I think the reason that everybody wanted to know was because um, as I mentioned in my Instagram post the other day, we're kind of an odd mix of people to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. But I think it's much better that way. So yeah. <laughs> there's that. That is out of the room or out of the way. <clears throat> and then the that was a fun question. And then the next question um would be June obviously is a big month to you as well. Do you want to touch a little bit on that or do you want to go straight into the specific questions? Um, I don't mind touching on it a little bit. Um, June is a very special month for me because, you know, it's Pride Month. Um, and did you also know that it is African American Music Appreciation Month? I did. I was hoping you'd touch on that. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, yes, I, I couldn't help but, but touch on that. So um, I've been trying to, um, uh, I stay so busy with my own music. Sometimes it's hard um, to kind of stay abreast of like some of my favorite artists. But um, I have been listening a lot to um, Little Richard, um, who passed away recently. Um, and believe it or not, was uh, an influence on me um, as a kid and even up to now, um, even though we don't sound terribly similar. Um, he definitely uh, is an icon to many people for many different reasons. So it's a good opportunity to um, celebrate um, our LGBTQ plus family and our brothers and sisters in the African-American community through music. Perfect. All right. And do you want to start off with the pride questions or more of the music yeah, questions? We, whichever way you want to go. All right. So if you're comfortable sharing, um, what has brought you the most comfort towards um the LGBTQ community and how did like what resources or information do you find the most solidarity with if that makes sense it does make sense um I feel like there's kind of more than one answer so I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to like scan my brain thoughts for like or if you want to touch on pieces of, of um, the answers you can do that too okay um there's, as far as uh, to address um, solidarity specifically, um, I want to mention um, another podcast that's called Homo Ground, and it's all one word. Um, I feel like their website, uh, they're on Instagram too, which I kind of keep up with them on Instagram. Um, I feel solidarity with them because they... Uh, make a point to highlight um, people in the LGBTQ plus community um, that are people of color, women. Um, I, it's, it's one place that I have been able to find so many different voices in one fell swoop as opposed to trying to like sort of let them come to me or collect them. 
Um, so that's very, that's very refreshing. And I feel like it also, um, is probably a better indicator of where, um, the community is at in general. Um, and there's a lot of good music on there too. So if you're in search for, uh, new music across all different, uh, genres, then definitely check out Homo Ground. That's awesome. They're doing a great job. <laughs> Are there any local resources that you've been able to find? Um, I know that's still kind of a weird area, but <laughs> it's it, it's it's not. Um, I, there's uh, an organization called Pace that does some really good things. Uh, there is, and and this is local to. Um, Shreveport, Louisiana. I don't know how local you want me. I don't know if I can get too local or if I should do more regional. Whatever you feel comfortable um, with. Um, I'm going to give a general I, uh, blurb okay. of you. So uh, the Gay and Lesbian Film Festival, um, which is an amazing thing to have here, um, at least in northwest Louisiana. Uh, so I guess I need to... Uh, <laughs> follow up and, and do some homework on um, other organizations out there and ones that, that do things uh, in, in my state neighborhood. I'm so. going to throw one out there. There's the Okra Project, which is focused mostly on Southern poets that are oh. mostly in the African-American community and Asian communities, believe it or not. Um, okay. but they have done some fantastic work. They have some fantastic show, like poetry, uh, slams and shows and things like that. And they're also getting ready to start up a publishing company. So that's, that's really awesome. cool for people that, especially cause right along that Bible belt area, there's a lot of hit or miss and not as much, um, community as you would hope for. <laughs> yeah. And so that makes it really difficult, especially when you add in that religious factor. So I personally love what they've been doing. And if it calls to you, they do some fantastic things that definitely share those specific voices. That's awesome. I'm glad you told me about them. Um, will you, when, when we have time later, will you? So the next question, it's a little more basic and a little more personal. Um, how did you know you were a part of this community and how did you sort of come to realize and add that into who you are today? Um, I've always, I, I, this is going to sound cliche, but it, it's, it's true for some people. I, as a child, I always felt different. Um, I, I couldn't, you know, the older I, I got, then the more clear it became to me um, as to why I felt different. Um, and also, I never, I never really, um, I always sort of uh, kind of bucked against, um, like, gender roles. Like, I used to have a purse when I was a little kid. Um, I would wear, you know, things that were considered, uh, like, girls' or women's clothing. Um, so I never, I never cared about gender uh, roles or anything like that. Um, and then when I became um, an adolescent, then I started realizing that um, my feelings for um, 
people of the same sex were a little bit different than for the opposite sex. And so um, then, you know, kind of touching on religion for just a minute, um, I grew up in a um, Christian, Southern conservative um, household, and I was raised that, you know, those things were not okay. <laughs> and so I, I went through um, like a year where I really struggled to reconcile my uh, faith and my religious upbringing with my sexuality. And after about a year of that, it was so exhausting that I just came to the conclusion that God loves me for who I am and that God really has other things to concern him or herself or their selves with than who, you know, I want to have a romance with. So I uh, made peace with myself and, you know, just went down my own road and here I am. So. I thank you for sharing that with us. And um, when the podcast is over, I have a funny story for you that touches into that. Okay, Okay, cool. Uh, The next question I want to ask, and I think this will be the last one on the Pride Month aspect of things. Are there any projects, music, anything like that, um, that's been released this month that you're particularly proud of or feel inspired by, or even if it's your own work or local work? Well, uh, my project, Quiet Etc., released a new single. It's a remix of a song called Roman Kings that I did a remix of, and it's Ian Quiet's Roman Queen remix. And it's it's pretty different than than the album version. Um, so it's definitely its own little thing. Um, and so we um, scheduled that uh, ahead of Pride, like, I think it was a couple months ago before, you know, everything just kind of <laughs> happened the way that it has. And um, so I'm very proud of that. Um, we put a lot of work into our album and everything. Um, so that's all I've got for my answer. Is that the song that you're sharing with us if there's time on today's episode? Yes. Fantastic. Okay, so I'm really excited for you guys to hear that one. Um, I've been listening to it a lot this week. <laughs> Aw, thank you. Um, a, to get ready for this, and B, to kind of distract myself, because I've put so much time and effort into looking at what was going on in the world and kind of solidifying what it was I wanted to say and how I wanted to react. Um, but it kind of took a toll on me I wasn't expecting. <laughs> Um, And I had a couple of really difficult days that stretched into a really difficult week, um, which is why the podcast was on hold and why I wasn't really in the places I usually show up. So your song really helped with that. It was just something that was a a little different pace. (laughs) And it was super helpful. Oh, that makes me happy. So as I welcome you guys back, from our sponsor segment and kind of getting that out of the way, I'd like us to transition from talking about Pride, which I'm so incredibly happy to see the progress that we've made um, in fostering communities like that into some of the issues that we're facing today in other communities, uh, namely the African-American community and anybody who's different in a way that still isn't accepted. As we go into that, my first question for you, Ian, is 
I know, especially in the South, there are lots of statues of Confederate soldiers and so-called icons. How do you feel about that? Um, I feel like they should all be removed. They should all come down. They are a part of history, and that part of history uh, we are still obviously struggling with, and they do... I was going to say they do more harm than good, but I think they only do harm. So I say bring them down. And are there any icons or faces, names, things like that, that you'd like to see in their place? Um, George Floyd, to start with. Um, really, <laughs> anyone that's not a Confederate soldier... Believe me, I understand that. I lived in the South for seven years of my youth, and that was an incredibly awkward upbringing, um, especially having the mindset of somebody who was not from that area and learning the history of that area and um, not really being a fan of how that history got um idolized because it wasn't something to be proud of <laughs> it's not something to be proud of and and the fact that you know it's a couple of hundred years later and we're still you know debating this is you know for for all the progress that's been made it, it's just a painful reminder that there's so much that needs to happen and that we do need reforms and we do need things to change, um, but not just talk about change. Things need to actually change. And I think bringing those statues down will help. Um, you know, the South lost. It's not going to rise again. If it did rise again, I would pack my bags and I would leave. You're welcome here. Um, <laughs> hey, and, and I, I will <laughs> I will send you a message on Instagram and I'll be like, uh-oh, the South's rising. I'm on my way. But we're not going to let that happen. We are not going to let that happen. I don't think anyone in the world is willing to let that happen, especially if you look at even the European countries that have influence or had um, ties to some of those Confederate leaders. They're removing their history on that. They're not even second guessing it. They're just going, nope, we're done. This is not who we are or what the world should be. I, I commend them for that. That's that's a wonderful place to be where you know yourself well enough to not second guess or overthink, you know, um, decisions like that. Um, I, it's just, it's very jarring. And when people, and you only hear this from people in the South, typically, um, you know, that it's, it's their heritage and... Uh, no, your heritage isn't American or somewhere else. The, the Confederate States of America have not been a country um, for many, many moons. And why, why hang on to something that you weren't even around to see or experience and, and at the expense of other people's lives and life experiences? It's just it's that that disconnect is really kind of scary. And since this is somewhere that I know we've both been and have different 
emotional ties to, one of the places I think that's doing a fantastic job of removing those statues and having these difficult conversations is actually New Orleans. Um, obviously, New Orleans is a grab bag of artists and locals and um, Creole history, but they're doing a really good job of replacing statues that do have Confederate ties and replacing statues of even some of the early musicians who um, weren't as open-minded or were too set in their religious ways even to welcome their community. And one of the things I remember reading and going, yes, I'm so proud about, was that they weren't just taking the statues down, they were replacing them. So they were putting a new icon in that place. Um, and and I, I don't have a problem with that. I think that's that's great. There are so many people that have done wonderful things that have left legacies that are worth celebrating and being proud of, um, you know, and, and, you know, kind of looking at the United States specifically, you know, let's put up statues that are healthy for us and let's, you know, remember our heritage as, you know, a community of diverse peoples. And, you know, I would like to see statues and icons of people from all different types of backgrounds, not just old, dead white men that were okay with slavery. Um, I also think it's interesting, one of the other places I saw was having a really big time with statues was actually Montana. And I just, I love the dichotomy of the North is still having this issue as well, but almost in a different way. (laughs) Like they don't quite have the ties that Southern people have. And I'm sure there are other Northern states that have these statues and are having these discussions, but they're having the same hiccup that the Southerners are having. (laughs) And I don't know. I just, wrapping my head around that was kind of funny. Um, to see there's there's the it, it seems like you know our inability to take action and to have like real meaningful reforms and progress has just created more um pain and stress and headaches than anything if, if these statues have been removed like years ago and we weren't even, you know, having this conversation, then the conversation would shift towards the actual issue. Change. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, the, the statues are a distraction, and so we should just remove the distraction. And I personally, um, you know, I'm pretty, pretty open to who the statues would be replaced with, but... I feel very strongly that the, the Confederate statues um, and statues of, of um, like colonizers um, and so forth, they should just, just bring them down. Their, their history, um, you know, let's, let's kind of focus on where we are now and where we want to go and use that as, as a compass instead of perpetuating these stagnant, outdated, old, energies and ideas 
I love the way you said that. And if you're okay with it, I'd like to end this question here. Otherwise, I know we could fill an entire episode with just this conversation. The last question pertaining to kind of what's going on right now that I need to ask, and I say need um, quite literally, what do you think our new normal should include or what steps do we need to take towards achieving the change that we're looking for, the normality that humanity needs and kind of evolving as a community, as a culture, and maybe even as a planet? Well, (laughs) we need to, I think the new normal, in order for us to get to a new normal, we're going to have to accept that things aren't going to be the way that they were and that's okay we can we can build something better and greater um we need to put more focus on on people and taking care of each other and helping each other um putting more emphasis on our shared humanity um and you know the conversations about the economy um are too much to the forefront. Um, so I would, yeah, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but I'm all about that universal basic income. I think that would take a lot of pressure off of people. Um, people would be free to um, live their American dream the best way that they know how. If people want to work to earn more money than what they get, you know, as part of universal basic income, they're welcome to do that. So the economy is not going to go away completely. Um, it's not even going to go away. People that, you know, are caretakers can focus on being a caretaker. Um, people that want to live their lives in the arts can pursue that knowing that they'll be able to put food on their table, even if they only earn, you know, half the cent per stream on Spotify or whatever, (laughs) you know, I just, I just, I, I, you know, I, my new normal, uh, includes the universal basic income for all Americans. Um, so like I'm running for president. (laughs) (laughs) You could. I think I could do a better job than than the one (laughs) I have now. Um, I guess that there's a lot of pressure in this conversation and that, so many things really do need to change but at the same time if we don't um if we don't consider what each individual needs then what future are we working towards exactly um not to hijack your thought (laughs) no 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 not at all but um you know if, if everyone were entitled to universal basic income people could you know focus on their goals, um, unhindered by, you know, having to like work a job that they hate or they feel like they have to do this or, or even not making enough money as it is. Exactly. Yeah. So, or not having the funds to take care of themselves should another pandemic hit or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's going to be a huge learning curve um, with 
everything going on and I don't know. I, I, you know, I just keep coming back to our humanity and universal basic income. I just feel very strongly that, um, those two things, uh, are going to be very important for any type of, of new normal. Um, also and- to kind of piggyback off of that, I don't know if you've considered, but if that were to go into place, then some of the racial inequalities would be taken care of. Because then there wouldn't be as few opportunities that are being yeah. given to the wrong people, if that makes sense. There's, there's that. And, and can we also talk about like why women aren't paid the same amount as men? I think that is an sure. incredibly important conversation. But, you know, I'm a woman. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw um, a documentary uh, about it on um, Netflix. Was it last week? I don't remember the name. I think it was a series of documentaries, but there was an episode um, dedicated to um, women not earning the same as men. And it, like, at the end of it, I was like crying. I was like, "How is this still allowed? How is this still like? Why are we still dealing with these? We're we're dealing with issues as a country that we've been struggling with for like, well." Well, the absolutely incredibly shocking thing is it's not even America that's having that issue. There are so many countries and areas and even religions that are perpetuating that. That's true. Inequality. Yeah. I mean, yes, we all need to figure it out, but it's not just here. the United States, I guess, because it feels like um, it's more in our center of influence, if that makes any kind of sense. No, I totally get it. I just, I kind of wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> no, I'm glad you I'm glad you did, and you're absolutely right. There's, there's a lot that, there's a lot that needs to change. <laughs> All right, and so before I play the song that Ian has so wonderfully shared with us and i don't know if this one is quite the exclusive the last one was um i have one final question and feel free to expand on it however you feel fit but i know the world has been through some shit lately and i know each of us uh has dealt with that in different ways and felt different weights of it what have you been doing recently or what would you like to do more of that helps you through it or brings you comfort or simply brings a smile to your face. Cause I think we could all use that advice. I have basically just kind of thrown myself into all my projects and that makes me happy. It makes me feel good. Um, and it's funny, like as much as I put myself into everything, sometimes I feel like, it's not enough. Like there's, there's not enough, there aren't enough hours in the day, (laughs) you know, to do it. Um, but that helps me a lot. It helps me, um, stay focused. Um, I think a lot of people, um, have expressed sort of like a a struggle, um, with like their days running into each other and things like that. Um, I have kept my handy little planner and I Mm -hmm. give myself little chunks of time to, you know, work on certain projects or whatever. And I've got my puppies that I love 
and we hang out and they help me and I have a garden. I love gardening. Um, so I spend, I like to spend as much time up there as possible. It's really hot here in the South now, so can't do it as much as I would like to, but every little bit helps. Um, let's see. I do a lot of meditating and I wish I had more time to meditate. Meditation is a good look on me. It's my best friend. Um, as one artist to another, are there any works of art or artists or voices who've maybe helped you get through this? Um, this is going to be kind of funny or silly, but, um, the B-52s, they make me happy and they make me laugh. And sometimes like I'll go through my house or whatever, and I'll have Fred Schneider singing something in my head and it, it will just, tickle me to no end as if I'd never heard it before. Why does that not surprise um, me? <laughs> <laughs> so, and actually he put out a book of poetry um, in the 80s and I came across my copy of it. Uh, it was yesterday or the day before actually and so I've had um, a blast kind of revisiting that. Um, so, let's see. Um, I also um I've been listening to like a lot of Little Richard, which I touched on earlier. I'm about to go find all my Ani DeFranco CDs. Um, and then, oh, I wanted to mention, if it's okay, if we have time, I wanted to mention an artist named, uh, named Ron Kibble. Sure. Um, he's a, a graphic artist, um, and he also does, like, um, he's uh, on his website this morning. I saw that there's, uh, he's got these masks that are really, really awesome. Um, he does all kinds of cool things and I wanted to give him a shout out. Um, his art is, um, so incredibly unique and awesome. Um, and I find inspiration in it. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I haven't changed a whole lot since the last podcast. I'm inspired (laughs) by basically like everything and, um, I don't know. So, If it's okay, uh, I'll share some of the people who've inspired me. I know some of them move you more than others. And some of them I think you especially would be inspired by because they do a phenomenal job at making everything they say resonate with literally everyone, even if they're talking about personal instances. Um, okay. Of course, Ani DeFranco, like top of the list always. But um, Tori Amos recently released a new book, and it talks about how her songs came to be. And in that, she talks about these personal moments that are truly changing the world and were life-changing moments, history moments that don't get looked at quite enough. Um, Especially her album Scarlet's Walk and how those songs came to be, because they were all inspired by the 9-11 attacks. Yeah. And then... Seku Andrews is a poet. Um, I've talked about him on the podcast a lot this week because he's truly affecting me. Um, I get chills every time I hear him speak. And he especially has been talking about what life as a African-American poet, specifically in New York, is like. And I didn't realize just how many local issues 
he would have been a part of and different things that he tries to talk and touch on and use as learning examples are shocking. Um, And finally, Rudy Francisco is another poet. He is from Southern California, and his most recent collection is titled Helium, which, believe it or not, is talking about the helium of the moments that led up to him being who he is and having the fears that he has specifically because of his race and culture. And they've been so incredibly eye-opening and heart-lifting at the same time. It's been quite an adventure to hear all of those voices together or in the same conversation of sorts. I will have to check those guys out. <laughs> um, I'm familiar with Tori. I big fan, many years, love her very much. So I was, I'm sorry, the silence was because I was writing their names down <laughs> and I was writing helium down. No worries. I take, I, I'm a note taker. And <laughs> so when I have my little internet time, I can, um, look them up and, and go down those rabbit holes. Um, I didn't, I mean, of course, if there's something else you've thought of in that time that you want to share, um, by all means, my listeners are yours. Or if there's any projects you want to shout out, you're welcome to do so. I just, I wanted to I, share those names specifically with all of you involved in this conversation because the effect they've had has been truly remarkable to, you know, young white woman that I am. <laughs> looking out at all this stuff going on <laughs> i do if you don't mind i would like to um uh there's a book um uh photography book that my friend shannon palmer is releasing i don't think it's out just yet but you can you can pre-order it i've pre-ordered mine it's <laughs> called um queering the southern states Ooh. um and they are photographs that she's taken from the last two years um of LGBTQ plus individuals in the South. Um, and so I'm very proud of her. Um, and I wanted to make sure that, you know, I gave her a shout out because she's good people. I definitely want to look into that. <laughs> she's very talented, very wonderful photographer. Are there any other projects or names you want to throw out there? <laughs> Let's see. I'm looking real fast. I had like some, I had prepared like some notes. Um, no worries. I just but didn't want to give you too little time to say the things you wanted to. Uh, this episode is no, I don't, I don't about you as much as it is about the world. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to be you know, mindful of I don't want to take up too much of your time either. No worries. 